All right. Uh, we're in this series called Stay, and I want to read to you this morning out of Luke chapter 10, and then we'll take a moment and pray again. Martha, Martha, this is Luke 10:41. Martha, Martha, would you say Martha, Martha? Yeah, I, know you, I know what you're thinking. Marsha, 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 right? It's kind of like that, actually. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Some of y'all, I could just stop right there and preach all day. And you're like, that's me. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary. Would you say Mary? Mary, Mary, why you bug? Anyhow. Um, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for church family. Thank you for our community. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And right now we open up our ears to hear what you are saying by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your ability to speak. We trust your ability to speak. We are your creation. We listen for your voice. We thank you for your word that has authority. I pray for the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to impart what's in your heart today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, you know, in this series called Stay, we have been looking at stories where people either desired to stay or were invited to stay with the Lord. And today I want to take you back first to the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 33. I'll take you there and talk about Moses. Um, and, you know, Moses had brought the people of Israel out of Egypt and um, he, he was going to lead them for 40 years. But before he would set up the tabernacle of Moses, which was the formal place where they would do sacrifices and worship and things like that. There's this part of scripture that talks about how he met with God. And I want to point that out to you. This is Exodus 33, verse 7. It says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it really creative here, tent of meeting. And um, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while, Moses, while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of, to the tent, they stood and worshipped and each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses Face to face, as one speaks to a friend. And then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And this is, again, this Old Testament story where Moses, um, he sets up this tent. And you can imagine leading several million people um, this need is like, I need some time with God. I need to hear from God. If I'm going to lead these people, I need a place to meet with God. And so he takes this tent and it says he goes far from the camp. And in my mind's eye, I'm thinking this is really practical. He just needs some peace. <laughs> just like, can I, am I far enough away? And he sets up this tent. It reminds me, my, my sister um, and her husband, they have three kids. And when the kids were younger, um, They'd be riding in the car, and I'd be with them in, in the car. And uh, the kids would be getting louder and louder and louder. I'm sure that never happens in your family. And then they would, five minutes apiece, five minutes apiece. And all the kids had to be quiet for five minutes. And um, 
you're allowed to use that for free if you'd like. And um, I'm thinking, you know, Moses, like, he's like, five minutes apiece, five minutes, like, he just has got to get away, right? And, you know, it's, he's like, needs this place where he can think and a, and a place where he can talk to the Lord and a, a place where he can hear the Lord. And I, I think it's a, a principle that, you know, really we all need. I, there's a lady named Suzanne uh, Wesley in the 1700s, and she had 10 children. Two of them were John and Charles Wesley, and it says that she used to pray two hours a day. And with all those kids and all that commotion going on around in her house, um, she would sit down, and she would take her apron, and she'd put her apron over her head. And if the apron was over the head, the kids were not allowed to interrupt her. She'd spend two hours a day praying and seeking the Lord. It's funny, her, her uh, husband was a pastor. Um, <laughs> they say he, he wasn't really good at drawing crowds, but Susanna had a, a Bible study and different things that she would do. And apparently at times that she'd have a couple hundred people listening to her. <laughs> that would make dinner awkward, wouldn't it? Um, but you go, girl. I'm all, I, I think that's amazing. Um, this idea of having a place to go away. In the scripture, it says that anyone who wanted to meet with the Lord could go to this tent and just meet with God and talk to him. And I want to know this morning, do you have, do you have a, that place? You know, a place where, where you can meet with God. And now, I want you to know, you can meet with God anytime, anywhere doesn't remove his omniscience and the, or his omnipresence and your ability to just kind of connect with him anywhere. But there's something about, you know, having a, having a place or even places where you can just go and encounter the Lord. We talked about before how, how you know, Jesus, when he was on the road to Gethsemane, he, or not the road, road to Emmaus, and um, different road by for sure. Um, and he's He's talking with these gentlemen, and, and he, he acts like he's going to keep on going. And they beg him to stay with them. And, you know, this tent of meeting or this place where you meet with God, you know, it's really kind of like your invitation. It's like you saying, hey, God, I'm going to this place, and I need to meet with you. There's no substitute for just a place where I can encounter you. It says in there, it says that the Lord... He spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. Isn't that amazing that that word friend and speaking to the Lord is in Scripture together? I really believe in my heart that that friendship with God is actually something that can be developed. What I mean by that is God is always the king. He's always the one on the throne. He's always the great... Like, Becoming a friend with God does not remove at all his greatness, his authority, and those roles in your life of father and, and king and lord and all those things that he is. But I think there's something that can be developed as far as to where you can actually have a, a genuine friendship. I don't mean like he just calls you a friend and you just call him a friend because of the position. I mean where you develop friendship. And the reason I believe that is in, in the book of John in the New Testament... Jesus, when he's close to going to the cross, he looks at the disciples who've been walking with him for three years. And he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. And I just I get this picture of like it developed into that. And I I think our relationship with God 
certainly can be developed. But you know, um, there's no substitute for time. For, for you who are quality time people, you get this. You're like, yes, there is no substitute for time. We can be together you know, like that all the time, like being together kind of thing. You can, you can develop that place in your life where you can hear God. And, you know, I find, I find my time with God, it helps me to hear him not just when I'm praying or when I'm setting that, side of time, that, that, that time aside, but I find that as I develop that time with him, I also hear him when I'm doing life more often. And I also hear him like, when I wake up in the morning more often. Now, let me be clear, you know, when I talk about hearing from God, um, I honestly have never heard the audible voice of God myself. I think it would, like, frighten me for just a moment, and then i get really excited. But uh, I'm not talking about the audible. I'm talking about God's ability to speak with every, um, everyone because of his role as creator and his ability to speak to you. And often I have found that the voice of God in my is typically a thought in my mind that's smarter than I am, purer than I am, wiser than I am. Um, oftentimes he can say a little thing and it means so many things. And I'm like, oh, you're just so good. Like you don't even have to use a whole lot of words. You're just so good. And um, I find that other times it's like an impression in my heart kind of thing. And I think some of the times the reason why the Lord speaks to me when I I'll wake up in the morning is because there's nothing else going on. And he's like slipping it in, kind of, you know, get it, getting it in there. Um, I remember the first time I knew I had heard from God in my life. It was um, before I gave my life to Jesus. I was an agnostic. I was an atheist, just graduated to agnostic, still not a believer. Um, I was driving in my little two-door vet and... Um, rolling down the road. It was a Chevette, if you're familiar with those. Um, and uh, rolling down the highway in my little vet, 17 years old, and so this little bird running across the road. And I was afraid I was going to run over this bird. And so I, I, with the windows up, I think, you know what to do. And I yell out loud, just fly! You know, like all my energy and all my focus is on this bird. And then I hear this thought in my head. Again, not audible. I just hear this thought in my head. You know what to do. Why don't you just do it? And I'm like, what was that? Because I was so focused on this little bird that I knew that that wasn't my train of thought or where I was headed. So it was such an interruption. I was like, what? What the what? You know, I was like, and I had to, I was like, I guess that was probably God. Like, it was only a few weeks after that. I gave my life to Jesus. But God has a way of, of speaking to us. And I find you learn the voice of God. Um, his his his, um, his words are typically, and his thoughts are more sticky. They have staying power in our mind and our heart. Yet we also have to be careful because when it comes to hearing the voice of God, we have to recognize that that is the realm of the subjective, which means you can get it wrong. You can make a mistake. It's one of the reasons why the Lord gives us the word of God in Scripture is because we know and believe that he inspired people to put down exactly what he wanted to say to us. And that's objective for us. So we have this objective you know, uh, foundation that we can stand on, and yet he still is very able and is always willing to be speaking to us into our lives. It's just an important distinction. I was talking with the worship team on Thursday night 
about our plan for today and talking about this staying with the Lord. And, and, I, and we went around and we were talking about like what works for us when it comes to our worship lives and our prayer lives as far as being in God's presence. Like what works rather than like beat ourselves up about our devotional lives and getting down on ourselves and condemning and trying to force ourselves into something. Let's talk about what works and let's be inspirational. And it was really neat as we went around the, 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 our little pair of circles on Thursday night. We were talking about it. And um, one person we were talk, talking to actually has a literal prayer closet. Like has a closet that its whole purpose is to, is to pray. I was very interested in this. I did find out it's a walk-in closet, which was just felt much more humane to me. Um, I'm a walker. And I, I imagine myself in, in the walk-in closet doing this. And just like going back, you know, there's just no room. But it works for them. It's like they're a place where everything gets shut, shut out and they're able to really meet with God. You know what's neat is when you develop these places, and again, it's not about location or the physical. It's about, what, about your ability to go to a place and go, I'm going to meet with God. It's, there's a confidence that this, I'm going to go meet with God. Yes, you can meet with him everywhere. It, it doesn't take away from that at all. But there's something about this is my place and I'm just going to, right now, I'm going to meet with God. For a lot of folks, when they were describing it, it was, it was about taking out the noise of the world around them. And for several, it was about getting themselves in a place where they could see God's creation. For somebody, it was like a walk outside, and man, I can just get in the presence of God and talk with the Lord and worship, with God, worship God, that kind of thing. But there was something about his creation that made it just easier for him, them to just connect and start talking and interacting and sensing God and their ability to interact with him. But I think there's something about distraction. For some of you, it's a night thing. Like, that's when you can, like, decompress me i'm a i'm a first thing in the day kind of person as my day goes on more and more layers of thinking and projects get open in my mind and it's like oh we got to shut a whole lot of things down to get to get there real quickly you know i i just want to say know what works and develop those areas in your life just develop them you're never you're never going to be able to waste time on God. I, I like to joke around. I'm wasting time on God because it's never a waste. It's always worth it. I'm going to read you this scripture that we started off with in Luke chapter 10 today. It says in Luke 10:38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be done. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Now, I don't really feel like I've said that right. It's like, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. There's a difference between the being and the doing. I've got to be honest with you. From a real practical standpoint, Martha has got a leg to stand on here. Jesus is there. Uh, it's almost definite that the 12 disciples are there with him. She's hosting at least 13 men, right? 
in her house, like there's work to do, right? And I love that she goes to Jesus and she's like, will you get my lazy sister? No, will you get Mary? Tell her to help me. Like there's a real practical thing going on here. And let's face it, if Jesus rolls up into your crib, you're going to make him some tea and crumpets. Like you're going to get him something. You're like, well, Jesus, you know, if you want something, go to the fridge. I just want to sit here and listen. Like, there's a practical thing going on here. But there's this polarization that happens in this story that helps us to see ourselves and helps us to identify with what's important. And yeah, the work is important. Things need to get done. And some of y'all, including myself, we're, we're, we're well wired that way. That's not the, the problem. The challenge is recognizing when it's time to push the work away and to recognize that being with Jesus is the important thing. I've been listening to this song for the last, I don't know, six weeks, I think, uh, by Brian and Katie Torwalt called Be With Me. It's a very simple melody, melody, very simple song, and it's just about, you know, being with the Lord. Just be with me. I don't need you to do a thing. I just, you know, just want to, to be with you. It's um, really cool about that scripture, just reaching back for a moment into Exodus, where Moses, it says that he left the tent. There's this, this little line right after it. It goes, but Joshua stayed. He, he stayed in that place. And it's like, it's interesting, like it wasn't necessary to put that in there. Like there isn't, but it's in there on purpose. There's something about staying with the Lord. Moses wraps up shop. He's done his business. He's, he's listened to the Lord. He's heard the Lord. He's had his interaction, talked face to face as a friend. And Joshua stays in that place. And what, what Mary's doing is, is, is she's just staying in that place. Interesting picture because it says that she's sitting at his feet, which um, would have been normal for a male disciple who was like really committed to Jesus to sit there. But she was breaking some cultural norms, which has been a theme for us the last few weeks. Just breaking some cultural norms, just, you know, rolling up there as a lady sitting at his feet, you know, and just listening to him and hearing his words and receiving from them and being a disciple. And Jesus has no problem with it whatsoever. As a matter of fact, She's chosen the better thing. Mary, Mary found her place there. I love the beauty of it because it's like it's both about the sitting and about the being. But it said that she was listening to what he said. So it wasn't just like mindless either. It wasn't just like I'm just here. And not that you can't just have some time with God and just be with God and just interact with him and, and receive from his presence. Because there's something amazing about the, the presence of God that you can't substitute because when when you come before God and you worship and you honor him and his presence is there it's like what is inside of him begins to change the the the, the temperature and the barometric metric pressure of what is in you it's just real like I said earlier people have come and they, to church and they say I feel God it's like I, I feel God and it's not all about feelings, but golly day, I don't mind them at all. <laughs> I don't mind. And I'm not ashamed of it, and I appreciate the presence and feeling God's presence and all of that. Um, but there's something that is so important for all of us to know 
and to practice the ability of just being able to be at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he's saying and letting what's in you change what's what's in him, excuse me, change what's going on in you. Because that's the way the influence goes. And we see this polarization in the story because he says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. I don't think I have to preach very long on that. I think most of us can go, I know exactly what that's like. And, you know, I, and by, by you know Monday, by about 11 a.m., I'm right there, right? But developing those places of just being with the Lord. I remember when I was working in the corporate world and I, there was a season of maybe 12 months where I had the, the hardest pressure job that I ever had. And it was one of those ones where you had uh, 10 people asking you to do things. And, you know, it's like you, everybody wants something and there's no way it's all getting done. And you, like all that kind of pressure. And, and uh, I'm just doing my best and trying to, you know, do all the practical things. But when I would sense the pressure really big, I would do this thing, which is counterintuitive when you have too much going on. I would just stop. And I would walk outside of the building. And I get out to the front door, and I just begin to make a lap. It's like my Jericho lap or something. And I would walk around the building, and I would pray in tongues, and I would pray with understanding, and I would just honor God and worship God and pray. And, and I would walk the, the whole building around it. And then I would get back to the front door, and it would be like I'd take my temperature and my like barometric pressure, and I'd take a look. And if it wasn't right, like, let's go. Let's, you know, I'd just... I just did it until it worked. Did it until I was settled enough in the in the Lord. And you know the reality is in his presence and listening to his words, he can do so much more than you can with your hands just trying to work harder at it, work harder at it, just get more done. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I think for a lot of us we can work and we know what it is to work harder and harder and harder. And I think hard work is a gift from God, but it is not the answer to everything in life. And being smart enough isn't the answer to everything in life. He is our answer. And I'm trying to, as I'm sharing this with you this morning, I'm trying not to just say words and impart an understanding to you, but I'm trying to, with my words, describe a a feeling and a, a gearing down that is necessary and that really helps us to receive in God's presence. It's not spooky or quirky or magical or anything. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that uh, none of that's necessary. God's presence and his power and his authority are real. But there is something about settling our hearts and settling our minds and just focusing on him and his word and worshiping him that just creates that situation where what's going on in him can be imparted to you. And I, I, I just want to encourage you this morning. There's no substitute for staying. There's no substitute for just time and just being with the Lord. I'm going to invite the worship team to, to come up. We're going to conclude this morning with just taking a few moments and singing a, a part of a song that really will is just a place where you can honor God and worship him this morning and 
what I want to encourage you to do today is, as you're worshiping him, would you ask the Lord, where are the, where are the places that you're calling me to stay? Where, where's my tent outside of, the, out of, outside of the, all the people? Where's my prayer closet? Where's my, a lot of you all know, for me, it's like my front porch, although now it's cold, so now I'm inside. But like, you know, it's, uh, you know where's, your, where's your spot? And you can develop lots of spots. Whenever I travel, I create a place in every place I go so that I feel like I'm at home with God. Don't get me wrong, there's no place like home. But, you know, like that place. But just creating those places to stay. And so just stand with me this morning. We're going to worship for a few moments. Wait.